hi, my name is Scott, and I have read all of the Harry Potter books multiple times. I've seen all of the movies, and like most of my peers, I continue to be a Harry Potter enthusiast to this day. And I'm Becky, and I have never read a Harry Potter book or seen any of the films, which makes me the ultimate muggle. Join us as we make our way through each book, section by section, where Becky will make predictions about what she thinks will happen next. And Scott will try to convince me why it's a good series worth reading and maybe even worth loving. Hi, everyone. Welcome to A Muggle's Guide to Hogwarts, where we are exploring the Harry Potter series with the ultimate muggle, someone who has never read the books, never seen the movies, and never ever really intended to do so until I asked her very nicely to. And now she has read one book, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, and we're going through the second book, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Does this book have an alternate title, like how the Sorcerer's Stone is the Philosopher's Stone. Is it like that? I don't know. Not that I know of. Something more British? Not that I know of. I okay. think Chamber and Secrets translates pretty well okay. to okay. Like it's not like British the English. Chamber of Deception. <laughs> I don't think so. No, I think it's <laughs> just be, called the Chamber of Secrets. That'd be Secrets. really funny if every single one had like a slightly alternative yeah. I mean, title. there's so many different versions of the books, right? There's, I mean, not written versions, but in different languages mm. with different uh, artwork on the front. Mm-hmm. And some are really, really beautiful and some are just kind of classic. And so I know like the American version and the British version have different art styles on the front. And then there's like so many different other wonderful looking ones. Oh, should we give an update about... One of your birthday presents. Yeah, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about that. I feel like um, now would be a good time. I think there's a okay. There's a couple things I want to mention. First, I want to say a huge thank you to everyone that's listening. Thank you for listening, first of all, but also thank you for our your patience uh, because this episode is coming out. I think a week late because life gets in the way. We have a yeah. lot going on. We get super tired and don't have <laughs> well, time. Like you were out of town and then I was out of town and then we were both out of town and there's just no way. There's a lot happening. Yeah. So thank you for your patience as we're recording these and putting them out. We're doing the best we can. Uh, but sometimes life happens. Mm-hmm. You know how it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So a couple of things to mention. First off, you wouldn't believe how many people have contacted me to tell me that they have a hard copy, hardcover (laughs) back, hard, hardcover, hardcover. You wouldn't believe how many people have, (laughs) you wouldn't believe how many people have contacted me to tell me that they have a hardcover copy of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. I've had a ton of people. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty bold claim. Like, yeah, they they don't exist. I was like, how do you know? I I have literally never seen one. Until I actually was gifted one for my birthday. So Mm. my best friend Tyler gave me a hardcover copy of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. And he was like, look, see, here it is. Um, And then I also had like 20 other people reach out to me like over Instagram or just like text me like friends that I have and are like, what are you talking about? Of course it exists. This was the first version I got. I I just never got one. I never... I never got one as a kid, and I never saw a hardcover copy of it. Well, but now you have one, so now you have all the hardcover. I know you copies. guys. You can stop telling me that they exist. <laughs> I, I get it. I understand now. They exist, and now I have one. They do exist. <laughs> I have one for my collection. Yeah, um, that was that was nice. Yeah. The other fun thing that I got. So my birthday happened recently, and. I got a couple of Harry Potter things. I got a hardcover copy of the Sorcerer's Stone, and also I got a game to play. Mm. Oh yeah, that that like Quidditch game yeah, thing that yeah. looks interesting. Maybe. One of one of my other friends gave me this game to, I guess, potentially like play or talk about on the podcast. We yeah. can see how that works. We haven't tested the game out yet, but we did test the weird mechanism of the game. So it's a game about Quidditch, and I think you, I think it's like spoons 
Uh, if you've ever played Seems the game Spoons. Like Spoons meets Pop Goes Perfection. Yeah. Yeah. If you've ever played Spoons, you know that you're like trying to collect cards, but it's a really fast game. And then once you have a certain amount of cards, you uh, you grab a spoon from the center of the table. Mm-hmm. This one has a uh, a little Quidditch ball. Mm-hmm. It has it, first of all, it comes like with all of the Quidditch balls in a little case, like a, a case that fits on the table. Well, it's very small. It looks like a. It's supposed to look like a little chest. Like it. Yeah. It's all themed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the the snitches in there, and then once you push buttons a certain amount of time, the the snitch pops up, and someone is supposed to catch it. So it's this weird kind of like timing game, but there's also cards. I haven't played it yet. I'm going to, and I'm going to talk all about it and maybe kind of figure out a way to do it on the podcast. But that's kind of a fun Harry Potter related gift Mm -hmm. that I got. Uh, One other thing I want to talk about before we jump in here is Becky and I are always looking for fun things to do on the podcast. Normally we try and kind of fit in some weird kind of fun activity that we do related to the chapters that we're reading or at least related to Harry Potter. So if anyone has ideas of something fun that we can do, please let us know. Yeah, if you've like come across a really great online quiz or or anything, or we'd we'd also like we talked about um, reading like a couple of stories, maybe like one or two per episode of like fan stories because i'm really loving hearing how meaningful and impactful this book has been and everyone just seems to have these like really specific core memories to do with harry potter and learning about those has been kind of giving me an insight into like what it might have been to grow up with this since i didn't um so i really really like those and we we get some stories every once in a while to our instagram or just like people will text you scott um but or just tell you in person and yeah maybe we want to start incorporating some more of those i think that would be fun i would love that yeah absolutely Honestly, if you just have anything that you want to share with us, go ahead and do it. You can contact us on our Instagram, on our Twitter. We have an email uh, that you can even email. And uh, and we have a website now, too, where all of that information is there. So if you want to, like, contact us through the website or on any of our social media, feel free to. We would love to hear your story and share it on the podcast. Yeah. I have one other bit of housekeeping. Sure. Um, I just... I have to talk about this mic situation. (laughs) Fine, go ahead. So in order to help with like, I don't know, sound spillage. I don't know what the right word. Sound spillage. That's very technical. (laughs) Sound spillage. Sound quality. Scott has wrapped this like furry thing around my mic. And it's like, like my microphone looks like a Muppet right now and i kind of want to like name it because it's also like my mic is very hairy so i'm thinking we could name it like harry mike to go with harry potter that doesn't really work okay maybe we'll we'll ask for some names i don't know it it looks kind of um what do you call it when like uh you personify objects or animals it looks kind of anthropomorphizing yeah, yeah I guess it, I don't know. It just has an animate quality to it now mm. because it has this ring of hair springing from it. And it's not like sound equipment for, it's like literally the part from like a jacket that like the hood might have a fur covering, but you can take it off. It's like one of those parts from my jacket. I'll post a picture. It'll be I'm, fine. Uh, what <laughs> Becky is getting at is that I'm a bit of a perfectionist when it comes to the sound quality of this podcast. I'm trying I'm trying to like make it better. That's fine. But I also have to acknowledge that now I have <laughs> now, a big floof you're, you're in speaking, my face. Yeah, you're speaking into essentially <laughs> animal a from the yeah, Muppets. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so this week, uh, or this past week, past two weeks really. We read chapters what, seven, eight, and nine of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Yes. Last week, Becky made some predictions about these chapters, and we're going to kind of walk through these chapters, uh, talk about the general plot, what happened, anything that interests us, and more importantly, talk about how right and wrong Becky's predictions were. 
mostly wrong. This mostly time. wrong. They were yeah. pretty wrong. But that's because the plot hadn't really started yet at that yeah. point, right? Nothing had ever had really started. But this time, these three chapters really start to get into it. Like there, you can see the storyline progressing and actually right. happening. So the three chapters we read were Mudbloods and Murmurs, The Death Day Party, and The Writing on the Wall. Mm-hmm. I didn't actually get to The Writing on the Wall. I think you read that one and I didn't get to, to read it. I did. I read Normally we read them together or sometimes we'll listen to them on via the audiobook in the car, but I didn't get around to the last chapter. It's okay. I'll fill you in. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, so Mudbloods and Murmurs, you actually were pretty right about kind of the overall theme with this. Right. It was like... Some of Hermione's past, right? Yeah. You, at the very beginning, you predicted that in this book, we would be getting into Hermione a little bit Mm -hmm. to learn about her family and her past. And this touches on that a little bit because Mudblood was an insult thrown at Hermione. Yeah. Specifically about her heritage. Right. Yeah. So what happens in this chapter is... Harry goes off to Quidditch practice Mm -hmm. and he's followed by a really annoying Colin Creevy who wants to snap a million photos of him because he's never seen Quidditch in his life. And Harry's super annoyed, but he goes down to Quidditch practice and lo and behold, the Slytherin team is there. (gasps) I know because they have to train their new seeker who you this you also got this. I got this last book. I mean, it's a little obvious. It was a pretty easy one, but the new seeker is Draco Malfoy. Mm hmm. Uh, so you kind of see that rivalry transitioning from just like in school to now on the Quidditch pitch. Yeah, they got to have like an outlet to really get out some of their aggression. Yeah. And so Draco Malfoy is there and his father basically bought his way onto the team because they gave the entire team new Nimbus 2001s, which are <gasps> new like model. a new model, a broom, super fast. Then Ron and Hermione are there for some reason, even though it's Quidditch practice, mm-hmm. and they come onto the field because everyone's upset that Draco Malfoy has money. And then Draco Malfoy calls Hermione a mudblood, a filthy little mudblood. Yeah, that's rude. Yeah, like chaos exploded. Yeah. Because it's so rude. It is. Almost a fight broke out. Ron pulls out his wand, tries to curse Malfoy. And because his wand is broken, it backfires on him. Right. And he's like throwing up slugs and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's throwing up slugs constantly. That's, not, that's disgusting. I don't like I don't, I don't like really that. like throw up humor in like, you know this. I don't I like know. throw up humor in like movies. Yeah, I know. How do you feel about it in this book, in this context? I, I think it's gross. Especially slugs. Yeah. Ooh. Stuck in your throat. Mm -hmm. So what do you think about Mudblood? Give me your thoughts on this. The word? Just the term, the fact that like J.K. Rowling is bringing in some like Mm. classist kind of. Right, bringing in this like purist kind of way. I mean, like I don't really get it because I don't understand enough about how wizard biology works, I guess. Like. Let me, let me stop you right there. Okay. Wizard biology is never something that should come out of your mouth. That's <laughs> you're thinking too hard about this already. When you say the words wizard and biology next to each other, it doesn't matter. Basically, well, then what what makes a a wizard magic if it's not biology? So there are guess there's like old wizarding families and if yes. a, if a wizard has a child with a witch it is likely that their offspring is going to be a wizard or witch. It's going to be magical. So it's just like biology then. It's just like genes. Yeah, but you're thinking like it's even that is like too Like two blue-eyed to people. Right. But you're saying it's just not that. I mean, you can think of it in terms of genetics, but like the most basic level of genetics you can think of. It's like two witches get, or two wizards get together. They have a kid probably going to be a wizard. But two witches get together, they have a kid, it might also not be a wizard. Mm. And we learned a little bit about that because of Filch, mm-hmm. who um, we are starting to learn about how he might not be a wizard. Right. Or capable of 
complex magic or something. I think it's a weird line to draw. Like, I don't really understand. But I also, like, am against, like, purebred dogs or, like, things like that. Like, why? Like, why does it need to be, why is there this, like, purity aspect that also is, like, super problematic in terms of, like, race? So I'm just, like... I don't I don't like this way of thinking. I don't like perpetuating it. So unless they're like making commentary on it, which I don't know if they are or not, I just don't really understand. Well, this idea is introduced in this book because this book and the series as a whole really focuses on this kind of racism attached to mm-hmm. magical ability. Okay. Um as the story progresses, we're going to learn more about the evil characters throughout the story. Really, Voldemort is like the main evil guy, right, throughout the series. And he hates mudbloods. He hates like half-bloods, anyone that is not a pure blood. And that kind of view is held by a lot of the essentially evil wizards throughout the entire series. So this idea, she's introducing it now because it's really important to this story, but it's also really important for the overall plot. Yeah, I'm just like, if you don't actually have any control over it, like you could hate mudbloods, but then like you said, you could have a child who's not magic, even if you were super magic. So I just don't, if it's just random, then I I just... I don't know. The reason I said that biology is is thinking too far in genetics is is you're thinking too much about this is because it's never gone like it's never explored. It's mm. never ever talked about of mm-hmm. like what's the likelihood that someone produces a wizard or a muggle mm-hmm. that's never talked about. All we know is that sometimes witches have uh, magic offspring, sometimes they don't have magic offspring, and sometimes muggles make wizard babies. I think it would be super cool if everyone would just like work together. Then if if you were a muggle but you had some magic friends, then you could still do cool stuff. You yeah. know? I don't know why there's so much division, I yeah. guess. But I don't want to get too far deep. So that's that's how I feel about that. Yeah. After that happens, they go to Hagrid's hut and they yeah. talk to Hagrid about it a little bit and yeah. Hagrid points out how ridiculous it is kind mm-hmm. of siding with what you were just saying about how you know there's not a spell that Hermione can't do and she comes from muggle parents right and like i'm also just like who cares who your parents are like it's about who you are yeah but that's just my view of life maybe yeah. i don't know because you're a pretty smart intelligent progressive person (laughs) like who cares where you came from everybody came from somewhere and also you don't have a choice of where you came from you know you don't choose your parents you're just thrown into the world so it's just what you make of yourself in harry potter i think for a lot of wizarding families that's a point of of pride or ridicule Mm -hmm. for your heritage And it's because maybe, maybe it's because there's not a lot of wizarding families out there. Ron mentions that wizards would have died out if they hadn't started marrying muggles. And, and so like pride in, in the kind of last surviving pure bloodline of wizards is something that some essentially evil wizard families hold on to. But it's like, you know, it's it's like a yeah, it's a it's a race thing. It's a Hitler thing. Yeah, it seems. Yeah, seems a little. It's it's like, how can I what's superior? Race what's the to easiest me? way to make these people seem evil? Right. It's like, right. yeah, let's have them discriminate based on race and, and other factors. Yeah. But anyway, so that's the whole mud blood thing. Yep. 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 And then later on in this chapter, I think Harry has detention with Lockhart. Yeah. And, always getting detention. Yeah. A really silly reason. Yeah. Well, he did drive a car illegally oh, to school and crash into the Wamping Willow. Yeah, that. that was for that. Yeah. And then when he's addressing the fan mail, he hears oh, a, yeah. a mysterious voice in the walls. And uh, that's like this voice that's like searching for someone to kill or something. Yeah. Uh, and so that's the murmur part of the Mudblood and Murmur oh, chapter. 
Got it. Yeah. The next chapter is called The Death Day Party. Yeah. This one's kind of weird and creepy. Yeah, it is really weird. Although I think I generally predicted this right, that it was like the ghost's birthday party, right? Yeah, you... I think you said it was a celebration of for like all of the ghosts or something. Yeah, you were you were on the right lines, but you I think you had the details off. So this is the death day is a celebration of the day you die. Right. And so this is nearly headless Nick's. I don't know what whatever. Five hundred. Five hundredth. Yeah, because he was born in fourteen ninety two, and they said it was his five hundredth birthday, and I was like, that's death day. Five hundredth death day. 500th, what I say? You said birthday. Oh, okay, sorry. I meant like anniversary. I meant like, you know, annual celebration. They said it was 500th, and I was like, that's interesting that it was 1492, because everyone knows that's when Columbus sailed the ocean blue. And also, then that gives us an exact year for when these stories are taking place. It's 1992, mm-hmm. even though they came out a little bit later. So there have been things, even in one of these later chapters, that I was like, oh, yeah, no internet. Like, Hermione was all upset that she couldn't check out a book, and she had no way to find this information without checking out this book. No internet. <laughs> yeah, I don't think wizards would ever use the internet. Why not? It's a useful tool. They just, like, have other things that are way more useful than the internet. Yeah, but if you don't know something, how are you going to find it out if you're a wizard? Just like maybe in modern times when the internet is readily available, maybe there are archives for wizards. Maybe they have their own secret internet. Yeah, I just don't know why they would oppose it for things that like just getting knowledge. I don't know. I don't know. I can see that it's more of like a. I, I guess where I'm coming from is like they don't think about a lot of the things that muggles use because they have never had a need for it. Because right. like they don't. They don't need to think about, I don't know, what's some some weird things that like Mr. Weasley talks about are like escalators and plugs, electricity. They don't need any of that stuff. Yeah, but like if they used email, then they could just release all their owls back to the wilderness. (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) That's probably way easier of sending a message than owl. (laughs) That's a good point. I mean, so if they have like some moral reason against it, like, okay, but like. To not use it just to not use it is, like, kind of silly. Wait, how did we get... Why are we talking about <laughs> I this? I don't know. I was <laughs> saying it's 14. It's oh, 1992. Right, right, right. Right, 1992. It's 1992. He died in 1492. Yeah. And I, I find it um, interesting that they're bringing the ghosts back into the story. I feel like this must be significant for this book. The ghosts. Yes. Yeah. Because they played a very small role in the first book they showed up like once or twice mm-hmm. um and they but they didn't move the storyline along but i feel like the reason that we're spending a lot of time with the ghosts now in this chapter in this situation is because they're going to come into play in this storyline yeah i think you're right i think she did this as an excuse to kind of introduce us to a few more characters and kind of reestablish that they exist and that they can play a role yes so at the death day party, oh wait, no, uh, right before this, Harry is like coming back from Quidditch practice and is like tracking mud on the ground and he runs into Nicholas who's trying to get into the headless hunt and then he asks Harry to come to his death day party and pretend that he's really scary so he can join the headless mm, hunt. That's right. And uh, and then like he tells him to run away because Filch is going to come and see his muddy footsteps and give him a detention for muddy footsteps. And that actually does happen where Filch comes and then he like puts him in his office. It's another weird reason to give detention is muddy footprints. Anyway, Nick saves him by knocking over a vanishing cabinet and and like breaking it. And then he gets Ron and Hermione to go to the death day party with him, which is during the holiday feast. So all the other students are at the holiday, the, the Halloween feast. Right. And they go to this death day party. Yeah, which is a bit curious, but I guess they probably Well, he died like, he died on October 31st. No, no, no. I mean that they would choose a to go that, to yeah, this ghost yeah. party instead of a feast where they could eat real food, especially when we find out that it's like rotten fish and gross stuff like that. Yeah. She does Ugh. a pretty good JK Rowling does a pretty good job of making this party pretty gross. Yeah, it 
it felt icky. Yeah. Also, I had a question about some ghost mm-hmm. things. Sure. Well, there were like some dancing skeletons at one point. I think that's the band. The band is dancing skeletons. Yeah. I think I think they mentioned that Dumbledore would like hired a band of skeletons to come or something. But maybe it was in the Are they ghost skeletons? I'm just wondering kind of like what the limits to magic are. Like, can you just bring people back from the dead? No, you cannot. You cannot bring people back from the dead. Okay, then what are these skeletons? I don't know. Maybe they're just like a bunch of enchanted bones that are like doing a dance. Okay. And they don't have brains. They can't think about it. Um but also don't think about it too much. This like skeletons never come back ever. There's never a, another situation where there's like animated skeletons. Okay. Okay. Also, at one point the ghosts were clapping and I just wondered how how ghosts clap. This is a really good question. And I'm glad <laughs> you're bringing this up because they clearly state that the ghosts cannot like hold anything yeah. they like they go through walls they even even in this scene they talk about a ghost like opening his mouth and like gliding through the food mm-hmm. and he can't touch or eat any of it and yet they describe and him as they clapping clap. they clap they clap for whatever musical act is happening uh-huh. and this is the an important difference between ghosts and poltergeists poltergeists can touch and right. interact with things. Right, that's so why that's Peeves is more differenter. Right, but none of the ghosts there can. That's a good catch. Mm. I'd never caught that before, mm-hmm. and that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. She doesn't also, even, what, what is she talking about? Also, why why were they saying they were enemies of the air? Well, we're going to get to that in a second, but an important ghost is introduced to us, Moaning Myrtle. Who's like this really sad yeah. ghost that yeah, cries all the time? Yeah, she's a Debbie Downer. So I think like the entire Death Day party is about us getting introduced to Moni Myrtle. Oh, really? Yeah, she was not a big part. I mean, she's a big part of the next chapter, but I feel like we didn't even need to see her there because we meet her at the next chapter. Yeah, I'm not sure. She'd like I don't I don't know why they wanted to introduce her. Like Hermione's in that just way. like, ugh, she's such a buzzkill. Yeah. I don't know. She cries all the time. Uh, the bathroom shut down because so of So uh, do you, Hermione. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so they're there, and then eventually they leave, and uh, they get out right as the feast is getting out, and so they go up to this hallway. They're, like, trying to get back to the feast in time, and then they stumble into a hallway with water on the floor. Yeah, that's super creepy. I would be... I'd be creeped out. <laughs> okay, water on the floor. And oh, wait, hold on. Yeah, okay. It's enemies of the air with an H? Yes. Oh, I th- so Scott was reading this out loud. So I didn't, I thought it was enemies of the air. Like they were like ghosts and their enemy was the, the air, not the You mean A-I-R? A-I-R. No. I thought that was like some ghost thing since they float around. (laughs) H-E-I-R. Enemy of the the hair. hair. Enemy of the hair. How do you say air without it sounding like air? hair. (laughs) (laughs) Try again. Enemy of the hair. (laughs) That one just sounds like you're saying hair. (laughs) (laughs) Like my fuzzy mic. No, I... Yeah, that's... I have okay. no idea what that Sorry, is. Sorry, I was just flipping through the book and I didn't see that. I only Enemy of the Air is heard it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's I'm a... sorry. I'm sorry I interrupted, but that does clear that up. I just thought it was like a I don't know, some kind of dispute between ghosts and the air. No. Okay. No. Okay, so water on the ground. And writing on the wall. And then they see the writing on the wall, which is mm-hmm. the chamber of secret has been opened. Enemies yes. of the air beware. Enemies of the hair. Enemies of the hair beware. <laughs> and uh, and then there's Mrs. Norris dangling from the wall. Yeah. Who is seemingly dead. Yes. Seemingly. And all the students walk up at the same time. And right. Filch walks us up. So all of them are like Harry Potter and... Ron and Hermione did this because they were here first. And uh, everyone's kind of freaked out. And Filch is 
convinced that Harry killed his cat because Harry found his quick spell letter on mm. his desk when he was almost getting detention. Yeah, so Filch was embarrassed by that and thought it was like Harry trying to make fun of him. So, yeah, Filch is super paranoid. Oh, yeah, he's crazy. And Do you remember really when they described his office? They were like, there's manacles hanging from the walls because he still wants to like torture kids. Ew, no. Yeah. Ew. Yeah, it's been intense. So, now that you know that it's enemies of the hair, yes. what uh what do you what do you think of that? Well, I think I think we learn in the next chapter about the the chamber can only be opened by this hair. Hair. <laughs> God, I can't say it now. Do you want to talk about the next chapter? Yeah, let's talk I, about the I next didn't, chapter. I didn't read this chapter, so you're gonna have to You've kind of read it before. I yeah, I just didn't read it this past week. So you're gonna have to give the synopsis. It's called The Writing on the Wall, even though that happens in the previous chapter. Um True. <laughs> I feel like this is mostly about Moaning Myrtle mm-hmm. and them finding her in the bathroom or I guess not really finding her like they go specifically to ask her about something. Well, I think so. This bathroom is right outside where the wall like where the hallway is. Yeah. Oh, OK. OK. So, so let's back up. So they have the cat that looks dead and Dumbledore's like something really bad happened to this cat, but it's not dead. Mm-hmm. It's, it's only petrified, petrified right. and he can do a spell to bring it back to life because Mrs. Sprout has the mandrake that he needs, but it has to like wait a little while. So that's important. So it's Mrs. Norris is petrified and mandrake droth drought or some potion with mandrakes yeah. can cure petrification. Yes. And we were very conveniently introduced to mandrakes. Right. Yeah. So that's the little loud babies. The loud babies. Yeah. So then they go to investigate this writing on the wall. The three kids. Yeah. Why they don't just mind their own business, I just will never know. Yeah, you're going to be asking that question (laughs) a lot. They're like, why do we keep getting detention? Also, let's go stir some shit up. Um, well, they try to find out about the Chamber of Secrets, but that's when they can't get in the library. And then they ask the ghost that teaches the old ghost. Yeah, what's his name? Oh. Uh, Professor. It starts with a B. Really boring name. Oh, Bins? Bins. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, Hermione yeah. asks Professor Bins right. to tell them about the Chamber yeah, of Secrets. Yeah, so we get into a little bit of like the lore around the Chamber of Secrets. Like that's how we, the reader, get to know it. And he talks a little bit about the four founding members of of Hogwarts. Yeah, that was really cool. I like learning like some backstory and some origin story. Like I I really liked that that was in this book since I've been asking those questions this whole time. (laughs) So it's Godric Gryffindor, Helga Hufflepuff, Rowena Ravenclaw and Salazar Slytherin yeah. are the four founding fathers, or four founding members, I guess. So alliterative. Yeah. <laughs> Her, or J.K. Rowling and her names. Okay, yeah. So we learn a little bit of the history, and then they go to investigate, and they're like, where did all that water come from? And they see, like, this door where they're like, it was the same height as this door. And so that's when they go to, I think, ask Moaning Myrtle, like, if she saw anything. Yeah, because her her bathroom floods a lot because she she like basically floods it. And her bathroom is right across from where Mm -hmm. that where the incident happened. And so they go in there to talk to her about whether they saw anything, whether she saw anything, I guess, even though she was at the death day party. Oh, but she left early. She got upset and left. (laughs) Typical. Typical. Also. I told you, girls crying in bathrooms, it's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Surprisingly, it came up a second time <laughs> in the series. Let's see if it comes up anymore. Let's see how many times this happens. It actually happened at work today. People are like, oh, have you cried in the bathroom yet? 
Someone said that to you at work? Like, it was like a, not to me specifically, but like a general. Just generally? Yeah, they were like, oh yeah, I've had a bathroom cry. Uh, <laughs> and I was like. Becky has a nice workplace. It's don't, don't Yeah, no, it's fine. That. But everyone has bad days. Everyone they gets get stressed. stressed out. Everyone gets stressed. It's fine. I've cried in plenty of bathrooms. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. Okay, so a couple of things here that we need to mention. So they get the history lesson from Professor Benz. Yes. And they learn about Salazar Slytherin. Yes. And how it's rumored that he created this secret chamber in the castle somewhere that hid a beast that he could command. A beast? Yeah, hid some kind of monster that he could command. It hid a secret. According to the legend, he created a secret chamber beneath Hogwarts and hid a monster within it. Only Slytherin's true heir can open the chamber or control the monster. Although the chamber has never been found... Professor Benz is unable to convince the class that it doesn't exist. Okay. So Salazar Slytherin, it's rumored that he created some chamber within the castle where he hit a beast to like do his bidding and only the air, like a true air of Slytherin can open Mm -hmm. the chamber. Mm -hmm. And the writing on the wall said that the chamber of secrets has been opened. Mm. Enemies of the air beware. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we also learned that Salazar Slytherin's was all for pure bloods. He only wanted to admit pure bloods to the school. Right. But all of the other founding members of Hogwarts disagreed with him, so they got this big feud happened and we'll learn more about that later. But the important part is they know that the true heir of Slytherin can open the chamber and now they know that the chamber's been opened cuz someone wrote it on a wall. Right. So the the heir is among them but they don't know who it is well people start suspecting that it's harry right right yeah but he's been there for a while harry Mm Hmm. at the school yeah he's been there for a year yeah i feel like it would be someone new like well they just just because they found harry there at the scene of the crime so like oh maybe harry is the heir and then who his parents are and the voldemort thing and so Ron and Hermione and Harry are talking about, like, who could the heir be? Mm-hmm. And they think that it's probably Malfoy because he's an evil little bitch. Right. Well, and his that and his his dad's pretty evil, too. And Harry saw that little interaction at in Nocturne Alley, I feel like, might play into Right, this. right, right. And here's the really important part. At the end of the chapter, Hermione suggests learning more and and she suggests learning more by creating a potion mm-hmm. called the polyjuice potion that they can drink and they can turn into oh, yeah. other people other people but they're scared that they're going to get stuck that way so they so she suggests turning into other people turning into specifically someone that can talk to Malfoy to get more information about the chamber of secrets so yeah. she wants to make this really complicated potion to turn them into other people so they can go talk to Malfoy and learn about the chamber because they're pretty convinced that he is Slytherin's heir. Yeah. And I think that's how the chapter ends. Yes. It it ends on a really weird note because they have to like convince a teacher to give them access to that section of the library and they're like, um, no teacher's going to fall for that. They'd have to be really thick. And then it just dot, dot, dot ends. And are they talking about Lockhart? Yeah. Okay. He doesn't present as dumb to me. He just presents as narcissistic, but. Yeah. Okay. They would find a way to flatter him into it, basically. Right. Okay. Because he's a narcissist. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I guessed that, but I just also didn't think it was obvious enough. Like, he's not like a babbling fool. Oh, not that you know of yet. He's actually quite. Quite a good vocabulary. (laughs) So that's how those three chapters end. And now, like, now we actually have some plot, right? Now the book is starting to move forward. We kind of understand what the Chamber of Secrets, at least tangentially, is. And I I feel like it's going to be slightly easier making Mm -hmm. predictions moving forward. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Oh, we also learned um, about kind of like the opposite i guess not the opposite of a muggle or not not a muggle a mudblood the non-magic person born into a magic family like filch 
It's called a squib. A squib. Which is weird. Yeah, a squib. Do you have you ever heard the word squib used in a different way? Or is it just an in- industry thing for me? Outside of the book? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. It's an industry thing. It's a it's a um I have to work with them. It's like a tiny little exploding blood pack that you have to put into people's costumes for like shootout scenes and they explode at certain times to make people look like people got cool. shot. So that's what a squib it's is called to a me. Squib? Yeah, it's called a squib. So I like just... I have to like cut holes in costumes and then like put these technically it's special effects, but we have to work with them to place them. And then they like explode on command to make it look like people are getting shot or whatever. That's cool. I just called them blood packs. Well, they are a blood pack, but the squib is the specific exploding one. Oh, <laughs> whoa, that's awesome. Um, no, I've never heard of that. You never? Well, there you go. Okay, let's get into predictions for the next three chapters. So this is how it works. I give Becky the names of the next three chapters. I give her the main characters within those three chapters with kind of in that section of chapters. And I also give her the main locations that are important in those next three chapters. So there's a lot of characters. There's a lot of places. And I'm I'm starting to cut back. So I only am giving, I'm only giving Becky the really essential characters that play a significant role and the really essential places that play a significant role. So if you're listening to this and going, oh, he forgot about this, 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 and this, it's because I'm really trying to streamline this to make it a little bit easier for Becky because when there's like 20 different characters, it's really hard to make predictions for all of that. So trying to streamline here. Are you ready to hear all of the information? Yeah. All right, here we go. Chapter 10 is called The Rogue Bludger. Chapter 11 is called The Dueling Club. And chapter 12 is called The Polyjuice Potion. The main characters for these chapters are Harry, Ron, and Hermione, Professor Lockhart, Madame Pomfrey, Dobby, Colin Creevy, Crab and Goyle, Professor Snape, Malfoy, a summoned snake, Justin Finch Fletchley, Fox, Dumbledore, and Hagrid. And the main locations for these three chapters are the Defense Against the Dark Arts class, Moaning Myrtle's Bathroom, the Quidditch Pitch, the Hospital Wing, a Dueling Club, the Headmaster's Office, and the Slytherin Common Room. You get it? What are you laughing at? What are you laughing at? <laughs> I'm laughing because if you wouldn't have just now said defense against the dark arts class, because in in our shared document you have written Dada class. And <laughs> yeah. I was gonna guess it was like some like cool found art class like Dada is. <laughs> I didn't know it was <laughs> that it stood for that. I was like, oh, like like the urinal, and then they are in the bathroom, so it makes sense. No, it Dada is Defense Against the Dark Arts, and eventually Goodness. they start using Dada in the book, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just let you know. Are you ready to make your predictions? Yeah. All right, give it a shot. Go ahead. First, we have a chapter called The Rogue Bludger. So I feel like we're going to have our very first, like, big Quidditch game, right? And this is going to be the first time that Harry and Malfoy are facing off as seekers. This big Quidditch game. So I think before the game, I think they're in the Dada class, which is not about Dadaism. It is about... (laughs) The defense against the dark arts, as I learned. Um, And they're going to have learned some kind of enchantment or spell that works on objects. And that will come into play later when this, like, enchanted bludger is trying to harm Harry, right? So this bludger goes a little crazy, and it's, like, clearly going after Harry. 
And it's kind of similar to the first book when his broom got all enchanted and tried to throw him off of it. Mm -hmm. So I feel like this is like another iteration of that. So we're going to see the Quidditch game. We're going to see Malfoy being a jerk. Um, we're going to have some of the professors at the Quidditch game. We're going to have Lockhart. We're going to have Madame, Madame Pomfrey. Is she the Quidditch? No. Uh, who's that? Professor Hooch or Madame oh, Hooch? Oh, Madame Hooch. Yeah. Who's Pomfrey? Madame Pomfrey is the witch that runs the, the hospital wing. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. She's the doctor. Got it. Um. Well, she's not there. Uh, but Lockhart is, and I also think Colin Creevy's going to be there being like Harry's number one fan and like, let me carry your broomstick for you or like trying to be a water boy or something. I don't know. Colin's <laughs> going to be there and he's going to be annoying. Um, so that's what happens at the Quidditch game. Someone probably gets hurt. Um, I'm thinking maybe Malfoy gets hurt. And has to go to the hospital wing. Uh, I'm not sure. Someone gets hurt in the game from the rogue bludger. Okay. I think at the end of this section, maybe Harry goes back to his dorm and Dobby's there. Freaking mm. Dobby found his way back, weaseled his way back to Harry. And he's like, I'm Dobby and I hate myself, but like, He's like implores him to stop investigating the Chamber of Secrets. He's like, don't do it. If you do it, everyone will die. And Harry, like he always does, just doesn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what happens in that chapter. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. And then we have the dueling club. And I was a little bit torn about this one because I'm – I'm not sure if it means like a group of people with a common interest or potentially like a a hangout, like a like a dueling piano bar, but a dueling club. <laughs> um, or if it's an object. Oh, like a clubhouse? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, okay. I don't know. <laughs> the cool or, hangout spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the like the club. like the Max and Saved by the Bell. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think I've landed on the object, the like a an ob like a club, like a weapon. Oh. That also gets enchanted. So I think this is like a recurring theme. Like you have this rogue bludger that's going after Harry, then you have this other enchanted object, this dueling club, this I don't know, this weapon that's also enchanted that is maybe also trying to attack Harry. Maybe it makes Harry get in a lot of trouble and he has to then go to the headmaster's office. And that's where he's going to talk to Dumbledore and Snape is going to be there, like standing in the corner being mysterious or saying something creepy and trying to get him in trouble. Harry definitely feels like things are coming after him and everyone's telling him to like stop worrying about this air or this chamber or secret or whatever but he ignores them and harry and ron and hermione decide to go back to moaning myrtle because they need to get some more details was she the one that knew about like the the polyjuice potion myrtle yeah no no hermione knows about it hermione knows about it mm -hmm. well they need to get some more information about something so they go talk to myrtle and she's dreadful but then they figure out how to make the polyjuice potion and they go to slytherin and visit malfoy but malfoy thinks that it's crab and goyle and they get information out of Malfoy about, because they, they probably still suspect Malfoy because of his dad and some other evil things that have been happening. And so they pose as Crab and Goyle to chat with him and figure out if he knows anything, like if he knows where the chamber is, if it's like a family secret or like something mm -hmm. like that. 
And then they're like, cool, let's go find it. And they set off to go find this chamber. And then they like come across a snake, this summoned snake that we don't know who summoned, but someone summoned it. And the snake's going to be like, don't come here. Like, beware. <laughs> and how do you know? How do you think it's a, or why do you think it's a snake? Because it, you just said a summoned snake is a character in this chapter. Oh, what do you mean? What do you mean, how do I know? Because you put it on this list. Interesting. Okay. What? Nothing. Just wondering. What do you mean? Just wondering. Why did you ask that? I'm, I'm just trying to get some clarification. Also, I have another question. Do you think that right now there's two theories about who the heir of Slytherin is? Yeah. And one's it's Malfoy and the other is it's Harry. Uh-huh. Which one do you think it is? Neither. Neither. It would be a bad book if it was either so one. So do them. you think that they get any useful information out of Malfoy? Yes. Mm. No. They mm. don't. Mm. So they go visit Hagrid and he always lets stuff slip. <laughs> So they go figure out how to manipulate Hagrid into saying something, and then they go find it. Okay, okay. Yeah. And that's what I predict will happen in chapters 10, 11, and 12. Thanks, Becky, for that prediction. We will be back next week talking about these next three chapters. We're going to go read it, see if she was right or wrong, and we'll be back to talk about it. And next week, Becky will make her predictions for the next three chapters Which in Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. One. We only have two left. We have, yeah, two more episodes left. So next week, we'll talk about these. And the following week, mm-hmm. we'll talk about the end. Yeah. This is a pretty short book, too. Yeah. Are like we going to do one. our bonus episode where we watch the oh, movie? Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Thank you guys for listening so much. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Follow us on Instagram at, at Muggles Guide Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at Muggles Guide. And check out our website, amuggleguide.com. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, there's plenty of ways to do it. We look forward to hearing from you. We'll see you guys next time. Toodaloo. Toodaloo. Bye. <laughs>